Hi there. So I can tell you the weather, among other things. Tell me things like the following. Weather. Is it snowing in New York? Do I need an umbrella today? Is it going to rain today? Wet. Warm. Yuck. What's the forecast for Philadelphia tomorrow? I've never been there. Is it nice? Try another city or neighborhood. What's tomorrow's forecast for Philadelphia? Expect a rainy day. High 74 degrees Fahrenheit slash low 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Thank you. You're welcome. Are you a person? Oops, I didn't catch that. For things I can help you with, type help. Who are you? A raccoon. What's your name? Poncho. Are chatbots the future? So, I'm good at talking about the weather. Other stuff, not so good. If you need help, just enter help. Welcome to LPX. I'm Brad Linder. And as you can hear, today's chatbots are still pretty rough around the edges. They also don't usually speak out loud. You have to interact with them by typing into a messenger app. But since you can't see that in a podcast, I use text-to-speech software for this demonstration. But while chatbots like Poncho can't do that much yet, a lot of very smart people seem to think that chatbots are the new apps, and that one day we'll interact with computers using natural language, the same way we talk to other people. Facebook recently launched a tool to help developers create bots for Facebook Messenger, allowing you to get weather forecasts, order a pizza, and much more, all without opening an app or a website or dialing a phone number. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg unveiled the new feature at the company's developer conference in April. He says it makes it easy for people and companies to interact with one another. Now, you probably interact with dozens of businesses every day, and some of them are probably really meaningful to you. But I've never met anyone who likes calling a business. And no one wants to have to install a new app for every service or business that they want to interact with. So we think that there's got to be a, way to, a better way to do this. We think that you should just be able to message a business in the same way you'd message a friend. You should get a quick response, and it shouldn't take your full attention like a phone call would, and you shouldn't have to install a new app. When you put it that way, the idea kind of makes sense. Why install a separate app for every restaurant, car service, news provider, or airline? But if part of the problem chatbot makers are trying to solve is app overload, aren't they just going to lead to a new kind of overload as your contact list fills up with bots? Maybe for now. But in the long run, some experts think you won't even have to go out of your way to find a bot. Instead, you'll have your own personal bots talking to other bots on your behalf. Cortana is actually sending me a private message. I'm going to tap that, and I go into the one-on-one -on -one conversation I have with Cortana. So she's telling me the Cups and Cakes bot would like to know my location for delivery. And yes, I'll share it. And would I like to track delivery? Also, yes, I'll share it. That's Microsoft's Lillian Rincon giving a presentation at the company's Build Developer Conference. So right away, what you're seeing here is that the agent Cortana is actually brokering the conversation with the third-party bot, the Cups and Cakes bot. Um, now I see this rich card that is showing me that the cupcake is on its way and that it will be here within a few minutes. Later in the demonstration, she shows how Microsoft's Cortana Assistant, which runs on PCs and smartphones, can help her book travel plans for an upcoming convention. She tells Cortana the dates that she's traveling, and it automatically knows the location of the conference she's attending and recommends she talk to the Westin bot, since it knows that she likes to stay in Westin hotels when she travels. She doesn't need to go out of her way to find the bot or add it to her contact list, and she doesn't have to install an app or call a phone number. Like Facebook, Microsoft has released tools to help developers create chatbots, and the company envisions a future where they use a combination of natural language processing, machine learning, and artificial intelligence to help you get things done. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella's vision of that future seems to include Cortana, but his remarks at the company's developer conference could just as easily be applied to Apple's Siri or Google's voice search tools. A personal digital assistant that knows you, 
knows about your world and is always with you across all your devices, helping you with your everyday tasks. And bots, bots are like new applications that you converse with. So this is the rich world of conversations that we envision, people to people, people to your personal digital assistant, people to bots, and even personal digital assistants calling on bots on your behalf. And so you can conceptualize this platform where human language is the new UI layer. Bots are like new applications, and digital assistants are meta apps or like the new browsers. And intelligence is infused into all of your interactions. But we're not really there yet. Yeah, bots are stupid right now. Robert Stevens is co-founder of Assist, a chatbot that lets you get a car, order flowers, and do a whole bunch of other things. There's no real AI. They're mostly scripts. And there's going to be a lot of dumbass fart bots coming out. But that's all essential um, to advance this field. Right now, the Assist bot is really basic. Say hello to it, and it'll give you a numbered list of things that it can help you with. One for get a ride, two for food delivery, three for restaurant reservations, and so on. Try typing something the bot doesn't understand, and it won't be able to help. But what I find interesting about Assist is that you can use it on a bunch of services, including Facebook Messenger, Slack, Telegram, Kick, and even SMS text messaging. And it taps into a bunch of third-party services, so when you want to get a ride, it can help you book a car on Uber or Lyft, or help you get an old-fashioned taxi cab. Maybe one day it'll help you be able to find the best price on a car rental or airline tickets across a whole range of services, or figure out which restaurant booking service you need based on your favorite restaurants. But Stevens has a vision for bots that goes well beyond helping you just interact with businesses. I almost predict a kind of shorthand that emerges where you create your own language. You speak to this thing and it learns your habits and it acts as the interface for all the other thousands of bots, you know, ones that watch for price changes on airline flights. You've got another thing that manages all the uh, things in your home, like whether your roof is leaking or the batteries in the smoke detector. It's time for your kids to get their shots. But you don't want all that flooding your inbox, so a bot will go through and read all of those status messages and escalate. I wanted to get a better sense of why everyone's talking about chatbots, so I called up Robert Stevens to ask him. His team has been working on Assist for about a year, and Stevens has a pretty long-term view of the tech industry. He created the tech support company Geek Squad in 1994. That company was acquired by Best Buy, where Stevens worked for 10 years before leaving the electronics retail chain in 2012. I asked Stevens why he thinks now is the right time to create a new business around chatbots. Why is messaging hot now? Why didn't it hit like five years ago? Um, one, five years ago, SMS really wasn't unlimited for everybody. Mobile payments is a key part of commerce now. You know, thanks to companies like Stripe and others and Braintree, it's pretty safe to do payment via messaging. We've had five plus years of apps, almost 10 years of apps now, and I think we're starting to see the problem that most people abandon apps within a week if they download them at all, and they're very expensive to build and maintain. Uh, messaging should solve a lot of those problems as it gets better. Personally, for me, if you think about Geek Squad, Geek Squad was basically a social network for hire, a network or a squad, if you will, of people who knew answers and you could get those answers and pay them to help you. When I went to Best Buy, the criticism is still of retail people that they don't know anything. But in an era of search, does an employee need to know anything or do they just need to be curious and helpful? And with messaging, it offers the possibility that at least 
10 people anywhere in Best Buy at any one time know the answer to your issue. And therefore, how do we connect you to one of those people that knows the answer? And I think messaging absolutely solves that. Imagine every airline, every insurance company, every bank, the ability to contact them, use it to get feedback. You know, one last example, and that is even speaking right now, most companies are not recording these calls for quality purposes. But with messaging, every piece of text can be indexed, searchable, analyzed. If I'm the CEO of a company, I want to know the sentiment. What are people saying? Are there ideas that employees and customers might be coming up with that I were invisible to me before? So I just don't see how this doesn't have massive benefits for everybody involved. But I remember back in the 90s when I was a, a young internet user in IRC chat rooms, there'd be little bots that you could use to you know, change your name or kick somebody out of your channel or things like that. What we're talking about when we talk about chat bots today is a little bit different though, right? That's true. You take what you remember from those days and you add in a few other things. Um, I mean, there's a lot of talk about natural language processing, machine learning, artificial intelligence. The other thing to think about too is dynamic inputs. So up until now, it feels like it's a bunch of if-then statements that are rather fixed and rigid. But you start adding dynamic APIs to, you know, traffic information, where your next meeting is, how much gas you have in your tank, uh, you know, how much milk you have left in the fridge. And next thing you know, what a bot can give to you where and when is going to be a lot more dynamic. But the real interesting trick is that bots talking to other bots as endpoints. So if you imagine the same decision tree of if-then statements, but for one bot to send you a response it might actually receive information from three other separate bots, giving you a pretty complex piece of information. And now you start to see this kind of almost like a, a pseudo AI. It'll feel like artificial intelligence, but behind the scenes, it'll just be dozens of your personal bots all coordinating, and cascading. Instead of my people talking to your people, it's my bot will talk to your bot and set up an appointment for us later, right? Yeah, actually, like I started keeping an Evernote of... I call it my automation wish list. And when I take a look at that, I mean, um, you know, it's all sorts of just dumb things that like, uh, let me just read it through here. Um, you know, like all the, the battery levels of all like, your shit in your house, like your smoke detector batteries. Things like, uh, let me know when the light turns green when I'm staring at my phone, if my eyes are averted. You know, you're starting to see this like of self-driving cars. Um, so there's, there's so many ways in which this is going to play out. You know, we've seen Facebook and Microsoft and others are sort of pushing bots as sort of the next big thing after apps. They're trying to integrate bots into Skype, into Facebook Messenger. As you've shown with Assist, you can integrate them into text messaging and all sorts of other places as well. And some of the bots that we've seen recently are things that can, you know, read you news updates or uh, weather forecasts. You can sort of have a conversation with it where you say, hey, what's the weather going to be like next week? And it'll give you an answer. And then there are others that let you order a pizza or, or get a, an Uber ride. Assist is sort of like a meta bot because it taps into a whole bunch of services and can help you in a lot of different ways. Tell me a little bit about how you would describe Assist and what it does. Well, like most startups, we're an organization in search of a sustainable business model. Um, but we're kind of doing two things. I challenged the team a year ago with two key things. One is that a lot of startups, in absence of real strong AI, 
um, we'll use humans as a backup. And I challenge the engineering team. I'm like, as long as there's a human that can fill the gaps, you're not going to be as creative as you could. So we're going to deny ourselves that resource. We can only rely on APIs and our own engineering. And I think that's helped us in terms of focus. The next thing is that I want to take all the real world local services. What are the physical actions I can take? What's unique now that is different than bots 10 years ago or even the internet is for the first time, the internet's punching its way into the physical world. You can use a text message to move a package, deliver flowers, get an actual hotel key, get a pizza, order a car. Now, a local service could be where I send flowers to my grandmother in a completely other state or across the world, but it's still a physical action. And so Assist is focused on those services. We're not focused just on chatting with another brand uh, to resolve a customer service issue. It's specifically around that set of services. Those APIs aren't all built. If you look at the list of services, Assist, the public-facing version of Assist is like a consumer portal. I call it the Yahoo 1995 strategy. Before you get the algorithm, you have to curate the first directory of bots and on messaging. And we're also solely focused on messaging platforms where there's no app, there's no web interface. That's our attempt at focus. I think the APIs of a lot of the partners that we work with still are in the early stages. You know, the APIs for like food delivery, standing in line. I mean, just look at line queuing at the deli. You know, until that red piece of plastic that gives out the paper numbers, that's really the holy grail because that's the hardest thing to replace in the universe because that thing is cheap. There's no monthly fee. It never crashes. Uh, the only time you have a bug is when the employee doesn't advance the number far enough. You know what I mean? And it's so simple, it's going to be very hard for technology to replace that. So that's kind of, if it sounds weird, that's like our true north. For somebody who isn't even really that familiar with what a chatbot is or how it works, how would you describe the experience of using Assist to do something? What, what can you do with it and how does it work? Well, the experience of Assist right now is very, very basic. It's basically a set of scripts. There's no AI, there's no machine learning, there's not even any natural language processing because those services are all at their early stages. But it is a rudimentary beginning of what you can do uh, right now, uh, at least locally physical services. You know, like our public facing services are like a sample of what you're gonna be able to do. That list will grow. But that's also, frankly, a marketing operation for our enterprise clients. There are a lot of big companies seeing what we put out there for consumers to say, we want this. They don't even know what they want yet. So the bigger point here is why is messaging? Bots are just a tool to help messaging. Messaging really offers a couple benefits. Never waiting on hold again you will have a copy of this call for quality purposes. Instead of getting transferred to a department, every department of a bank or an airline enters your group chat to resolve your issue, and it's persistent. A bot will be able to handle more and more of the tasks without requiring an expensive employee to process rudimentary things like, are you open, do you have it in stock, where's my refund, stuff like that. And so our consumer-facing services are becoming the best advertising to attract enterprises 
who are interested in this space. For them, it offers lower cost. This should cost less to build messaging bots than it does to build iPhone apps. That's a big assumption we have. And also that you should be able to build a bot and it should be able to run on any messaging platform instead of having to code native bots for each platform. That's a that's something everybody has to keep an eye out on. So so right now, you know, I, I sent a message to Assist yesterday using Facebook Messenger. I could have done it with Telegram or text messaging or something else. And it basically asked me for a couple of details about myself, where I live, what my name is, and then says, what do you want to do? Do you want to get a ride, get food delivered, et cetera? Um, w- walk me through the process as a user. What happens if I say I want to get a ride? Uh, if you want to get a ride, we'll show you you know, the services. Like public transit, there's no booking of a car, but you can find out what the cost is. Now, increasingly, we want to be able to let you, like San Francisco launched the ability to get a real-time QR code so you can buy a bus pass. Have you ever been in, on, in a city and I don't have any cash on me? Uh, we want to provide what are all the options you have for getting from point A to point B. That includes getting a ticket for public transit. Maybe it's back to the airport from the train station in Munich. We're not going to install 20 apps, right, or even to find the app. We want to bring that service right within there and payment. You'll see Lyft and Uber. We also want to show you taxi options. The choices in each category for food delivery, flower delivery, getting a hotel. You should always, as a consumer, expect multiple choices. We want to present those in a simple interface. The other thing we're doing that you sort of hinted at, once you give us your name, you never have to type it in again across any of those services. Once we have your email address, I mean, it's pretty basic stuff people are willing to share in exchange for the convenience of not having to fill it out again. We use Stripe, which is totally secure. So once you give us your credit card info, we can use that to take care of payment, whether it's for a car or whether it's for pizza. You should never have to enter the same piece of information more than once across multiple brands and multiple services. And so that's one of the key differences between you know, there might be five or six different apps that you can use to order food, depending on the restaurant you want to choose, or to book a table, or to book a flight, or do all these different things. Using this, you don't have to create five different accounts. You don't have to install five different apps. You just have a conversation, well, sort of conversation with uh, with this chatbot, and it'll walk you through those things, and it already knows who you are, where you are, and how you want to pay. That's right. Uh we are. We just hired our first machine learning expert. He's a Peter Theo fellow and a uh, young guy, and uh, you know, been doing some very interesting work. We want to get rid of that numbered list. The idea of even a menu should go away, right? You should be able to have random access to anything. But how do we know when you're talking to the car service that you just ordered to? Oh, I need to send flowers to my mom. Oh, I want to order a pizza. That is where you get into some new design issues. Like, what if you want to order four bouquets at once and send to different colleagues? Well, wait a minute, I need to chat with somebody about that. How do you do that in the current messaging design interface? With Facebook, they're already enhancing what you can do with buttons and some graphical elements like the carousel to swipe in your phone and see different flower bouquets. That's much better than SMS. What we have to pay attention to though is when Apple and Google inevitably do this stuff or Microsoft, if I have to code for each platform, then that begins to be too much effort. So we'll hopefully we'll see. I predict some kind of a messaging markup language or HTML6 might emerge that allows a company to code once and 
bot anywhere. And you mentioned that that you recently just hired your first deep learning, uh, machine learning expert, and that's the sort of thing that that's required for that. In, in order for it to learn from your habits, your behaviors, your preferences, um, it needs to be a little bit more complicated than just providing a list of services, right? That's right. The, if you look at the next wave, and this is what people are having trouble seeing past. So if you look at the launch, you know everybody criticizes bots because it's like, yeah, I expected it to know it. Humans try and break stuff. We get people ordering just typing the, the dumbest shit, you know. But that's they're they're feeling their way around. They're trying to break it. They don't really know how to use it. And it's our job to do a better job. Like number one, you shouldn't even have to have a numbered list because then, you know, why would there be a limit to that? You should be able to type anything kind of basically as a replacement for Google search. But if you're in the middle of ordering flowers and you're like, oh, wait, I got to get the, is my dry cleaning done? You should be able to just type that right in the middle of there. Now, even a perfect human assistant that's worked with you for years still will get confused if you're mid-sentence and you change the subject. But that's what we should be able to do with technology. And that's where I think deep learning and natural language processing um, can offer some solutions to the current limitation of the messaging interface. So, so Assist is an interesting example because it taps into so many different services and, and it's designed to let you interact with a lot of different apps and services. But we also see a lot of companies coming up with their own bots. So you can you know, message CNN to get news updates. You can message uh, different apps to get weather updates, as I mentioned. If part of the problem that these are trying to solve is app overload and people don't want to install another app for every little thing that they're doing, do we run the risk of bot overload if now suddenly your contact list is filled with all these different uh, bots for different purposes? That's a good question. But remember, your question comes from an orthodoxy around you're comparing that to what you have now. The idea that you would have a list of bots, I don't know that that is going to be the way it is because for that very reason. The idea is that you should be able to invoke whatever you need, whenever you need it, via whatever method is best for you. You know, in your car, voice actually probably is better. Alexa, the Amazon Echo is great uh, if you're chopping onions in the kitchen. I don't find it very useful anywhere else. It's you know it doesn't work in the office when everybody's talking, and we trigger Alexa by accident all the time. So bots, um, there won't be a list. They won't be in your contact book. They'll it'll be everywhere and nowhere. So so you'll sort of have your bots, and and as we mentioned, bots will talk to other bots. So CNN still needs to have their bot. Uh, Weather Channel will need to have its bot, but you might not necessarily have to have a distinct conversation with those bots. Your bot will respond to your needs, and when you want news, when you want weather, it'll just go out there, get the information for you, and bring it back to you. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, as humans, we still only have 24 hours in a day, and we should probably get around you know seven to eight hours of sleep. So that leaves us with X amount of hours in our lives. And we're still going to want to go on hikes and have dinner with friends and maybe take up a hobby. And, you know, the whole purpose of all this stuff is just to help us focus and extract more out of what we want and hopefully give us more downtime and manage it in the back end. And so I think, uh, yeah, you'll have all these things mediating for you in the background, hopefully just making it easier to make the choices that you want to make. I encourage, you know, people that are interested in this and brands that are paying attention to this. It's like the web all over again in 95. It's a new technological life form, and it's going to take months and years to begin to answer some of these questions. But you do want to start now. So we're actually quite dumb. We have no designer. Our bots are pretty basic. 
Um, they don't do everything. You can't really chat with our bots, but a month from now, six months from now, a year from now, they're going to get more and more powerful. So for like CNN, you know, not every news interaction should be a chat, but I have to say, uh, I'm not really impressed with uh, the one that courts or CNN has done yet. But I do see the day, especially unfolding live news. I love the idea of maybe the NBA finals, like with the streaming chat app, but you know, I can interact with it rather than sitting there clicking link after link and then loading a page. I definitely think news via this method is going to be really great. So it sounds like you think the best is really yet to come. In the next three, six, 12 months, why should anybody care? Why should anybody use the current generation of, of chatbots? 20 years ago, you were told to get a web page. And if you acted early enough, you probably either did very well for yourself in your career or in your business. 10 years ago, you were told to get a Facebook page. And if you got into social media, again, you probably helped your career and helped your company. Five years ago, you were told to get an app. And if you could afford to pay someone to make that, that too may have helped you. At minimum, it advanced your understanding of what this stuff means. Bots, and more importantly, messaging as an interface is now our next life form and technology. And you should care because I will tell you, as somebody who was the chief technology officer for Best Buy at 10 years after I sold Geek Squad to them, the great vision of retail was what if you could talk to any employee in any company in real time and get what you need? get the help that you need and have a copy of that conversation. That's the promise that I think this offers. And you don't have to install the app. You don't have to uh, squint to see the interface, which never was designed for a mobile device. So I think this solves a number of very longstanding problems. Robert Stevens is co-founder of Assist and founder of the Geek Squad. Robert, thanks for joining us. Thank you. You can find out more about Assist at the company's website, assi.st. There's not a lot of information on that website, though. Most of what you'll find are links that let you start using Assist on various messaging platforms. So are chatbots the new apps? Maybe not today, but in the future, they might be able to replace apps for a lot of the things that we do. In China, many people already interact with bots on a daily basis using the popular WeChat mobile messenger. But a lot of the bots available in early 2016 have trouble understanding what you want to do, and it can take longer to type out a conversation with a bot than it would to just open up an app on your phone and tap a couple of buttons. Facebook and Microsoft are hoping to change that by giving developers tools to create bots that get smarter over time as they interact with more and more people, and bots that become more personalized the more you interact with them. And typing out a text-based conversation is just the start. Some bots can show you pictures, maps, and other graphics, and there are sometimes icons that you can tap or swipe when that might be faster than typing. Things are just getting started. Robert Stevens says today's bots are dumb. Tomorrow's could be smarter. But we might only get to those smarter, more useful bots if we spend some time interacting with the dumb bots today that don't do that much. And right now, some of those bots might be more exciting for developers than they are for actual users. As you heard at the start of the show, some of the bots available today just aren't all that useful. I'm good at talking about the weather. Other stuff, not so good. But Stevens and other people working on bots have a vision of the future where your personal bot filters through data from dozens of other bots to let you know when airline tickets are cheapest, when you need to buy more milk, and when it's time to schedule your next dentist appointment. That's a future I might not mind living in. What do you think about chatbots and natural language as a computer interface? Let us know by leaving a comment at lpxshow.com. 
You can also find a roundup of some other chatbots at the website. And that's also where you'll find more episodes of the show, links to follow us on social media, and a whole bunch of ways to subscribe. LPX is available in iTunes, on Stitcher. Now you can find us in Google Play Music, too. Thanks for listening to LPX. I'm Brad Linder. 